What this dying world could use is a willing man of God who dares to go against the grain and work without applause. A man who raised the shield of faith, protecting what is pure, whose love is tough and gentle, a man whose word is sure. God doesn't need an orator who knows just what to say. He doesn't need authorities to reason for him away. He doesn't need an army to guarantee a win. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few good men. He calls the broken derelict whose life has been made new. He calls the ones who have the strength to stand up for the truth. Enlist the lights are open and he wants you to come in. He just needs a few good men. Men full of compassion who laugh and love and love and cry. Men who face eternity and aren't afraid to die. Men who fight for freedom and honor once again. He just needs a few Just needs a few good men.
Wasn't that beautiful? You good men. Well, I want to talk about a good man today. Courageous man. A man would like to emulate. Speaking of the courageous man, the man I want to talk about today is Daniel. Daniel was a courageous man. And speaking of courage, I read a little story. It made me laugh in bed. Am I OK here? You hear me well? OK. I read a little story about a different kind of courage that it says two small boys entered a dentist's office and we have a problem. Yeah. It's set for the ladies. Am I okay now? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, two small boys entered a dentist's office, and one addressed the dentist as follows. Say, uh, Doc, <laughs> will you pull a tooth right this minute? Uh, don't want any gas or nothing. He's been seeing cowboy movies, this guy. <laughs> Just give her one yank. Surely, replied the dentist, my little man, that's what I call being brave and courageous. Now just show me the tooth you want pulled. Come, Wilfred, show the doc <laughs> your tooth. <laughs> courageous, huh? <laughs> We're going to talk about courage. Daniel, the man of courage. Would you open your Bible? I have one verse to read. Chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to read uh, a verse, a version you will understand. More. When Daniel learned, it says, that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upper room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. May God bless his word. Who remembers... On Father's Day 2005, what I preached about, I said, Adel, come on, be. I'll give you a donut if you remember next week. Uh, Randy remembers. 
Randy remembers. What is it, Randy? The palm tree. He's right. All right. We went two years back. Let's go one year back. <laughs> Who remember last year? Randy, I owe you half a donut. Uh, last year, what did I speak about? Caleb. Who, who said that? Caleb. Randy. What's wrong? Randy remembers, and the others don't. Thank God for that. <laughs> Memory Sally remembered. Amen. Caleb and his loyalty. Today, I'd like to take always a, if I can, a, a, a personality, so it will challenge us. And I'm taking a personality today, the personality of Daniel. I'm, I'm not talking the story of Daniel. We were always uh, fascinated. I was fascinated by his story and how he went down to that lion's den and how God preserved him. I remember since Sunday school, and who, who can forget that? Those who went to Sunday school in their early days can always remember and will always remember the story of Daniel. Uh, we're going to touch on his personality today. Today, as we take a glimpse of the life of Daniel and observe this great man, the man of courage, not like, like the little guy here, we realize that this is the time when we need to be as firm and as resolute as this man. As he was called to prove himself that he is God's man, we are called today to prove that we have still few good men, as we heard today. What a, what a song. I had goosebumps. What a beautiful song. And the way it was delivered, uh, Ken uh, turned uh, toward me and looked at me. He said, this is homecoming gazer all over again. And true, you sounded so great. And the few good men God is looking for and will still be looking for. We want to be good men, but God's men before anything else. We are called today to stand firm. To prove that God is our pilot. We are God's people. We are called and willing to take up our cross and follow him again. Daniel. I wanted to take a few spots in his life and challenge our fathers, our men today. As you read his story you will see that at the very beginning that, number one, he determined not to defile himself. Did you hear that? He determined not to defile his, himself. He was a man of courage. Definitely, this is why his determination was not reversed at all. And he risks his life to do what is right. He risked his life to do what is right. Discouragement was neither in his book nor in his spirit. He determined to be holy. What is determination, you say, Adel? Well, let me give you a few words about it. To, de to determine means to set your mind on a course of action or to make up your mind or to set up your heart to do 
something and never, never retract. This kind of commitment means that you don't go back. But you work toward a goal. A goal you have set. Say you made a decision to follow Christ. And so many people make this decision. And then somewhere along the way, they go back. And they do not fulfill or honor the decision they made. I ask you, young men and women too today, if you made that decision to follow God, don't allow excuses. Don't allow distractions or second thoughts to deter you from fulfilling that goal in your life. Daniel said, it says in chapter 1 and verse 8, if you have your Bible, you can look at it with me. Daniel made up his mind, determined that he would not defile himself from the king's choices of food. He made a decision that I will never, I will not defile myself. He was living in captivity. He was a king's servant. He was there with three other young men with him. But he set the example for them too, not to defile himself nor they in the choice food of the king. Regardless of the outcome, when the Lord gives us a course of action, we must move steadily the way Daniel moved. The king ordered that we have to pick up some good men, few good men, and we need to take care of them, give them special food, give them a special diet. And that special diet is meat. And you know those meat eaters here today say, again, you are preaching about meat. Yes, meat is good. And uh, we shall see. Maybe I can make a comeback later on. And Daniel said with his friends, the three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they sat down and says, well, that meat we cannot eat, folks, because it has maybe been sacrificed to idols, and we are Jews. We came from captivity. We're living in a heathen world, and we cannot. I mean, who is the chief nutritionist here? And he talked to him, and he said, you can tell the king that we are not going to defile ourselves from the king's choice of meat. The man understood. He granted them, he said, and if you don't believe, try us for 10 days. And if we fall in sick, or if we don't look good, if we don't have rosy cheeks, if we don't have the strength, if we lose the ability to reason, then we will accept what you have for us. But try us as, as for us. This is the comeback I'm making. We are going to eat vegetables. 
It says here. We're not talking about that. But he says, we're not going to defile ourselves from the meat that is offered to idols. And this is our religion, and we're not going to do that. At the end of 10 days, they checked them out. And you know what happened? It wasn't because they ate vegetables. It wasn't because they did not eat meat. It was because God honored their stand. So many people work very hard. They go to the gym. They eat the best food. They drink the best drinks. And they work on themselves in order to have good looks, have a stomach straight like this, to lose weight, or to build up muscles, and to work hard for this. I'm going to tell you one thing. This is good, but this will not secure you eternal life. This is good, but in, the, in God's eyesight, it's nothing. You take care of yourself, but you have to live for something higher than this. For something meaningful. And this is what Daniel did. He said, we're not going to say that we can live forever on, for 10 days on vegetables, on beans. No. But we are going to prove to you that we have a God who can take care of me and my friends together. He decided, determined, I am not going to defile myself. Young men today, God is looking for few young men. And you have to determine today not to defile yourself from the filth of this world. You be careful, young men, when you sit before that computer and you look at that computer and you know what is in there, determine in your heart not to touch that and not to go there when they tell you, hit it there, not to go there and give yourself to pornography and things that anger the heart of God. They decided that to defile himself. And we are called today. We heard last Monday that we need, we are called to be holy. And we are called today to honor that and be holy as he is holy. Let's be careful not to look in this world for satisfaction. This world cannot give you satisfaction. Regardless who he is or gives the orders. King gave the orders. He said, we defy the king. We defy any order that does not work with the conscience that God has given us. We want to honor God, and they did, regardless of the outcome. He was determined to do it, and he did it. And we have a great example. When Jesus Christ he knew that his hour was coming. And he knew that he has to reach that cross on that hill. He, the Bible says, he set his eyes toward Jerusalem. He determined, though he knew that he was going to be crucified there. But he knew there is something beyond crucifixion. There is honor. There is victory. There is life for you and for me through his death and resurrection. Remember that he, determination, takes courage. And he was courageous. Takes a serious commitment. 
Did he commit himself? Men, we are called for a commitment. We are called to commit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Men, I ask you today, fathers, to commit yourself to the calling that you have. God has given you a beautiful wife, some children, and he is asking you to not to defile yourself, not to look here and there for any satisfaction except to God and to your wife and your children, and God will bless you and will bless them together. May God give us this determination. And you know, determination needs to be consistency. Needs consistency. Not you determine today and you give in tomorrow. You have to be consistent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days a year. And this is what it takes to be a man of God. A determined eight-year-old boy had been pestering his father for a watch. Finally, his father said, I don't want to hear about your warning and wanting a watch again. At dinner that night, when the family sat together to eat and have a devotion, and each one comes up with a verse of scripture. So the young boy came with a verse of scripture, and he said, Dad, I have one said, Mark 13, 37. And would you read it, son? And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. <laughs> Is that determination? He won the watch. Is that determination or what? May God give us this determination. He what did they say? He put in his heart. He made up his mind. No one can change my mind. I am not going to defile yourself. May this be our cry, men. May this be our cry. I am not going to defile myself. I am going to do. In my business, I am not going to defile myself. In my life, I am not going to defile myself. I am going to do always. I want to always do the right transaction. The transaction that people read and say, that was an honest man. Let's be this way. Okay? Quickly. The second thing we notice about this man who is courageous, he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. You know, he lived in ancient Persia. And uh, he lived a pure life. And as a result of his pure life, his determination, he was cast into a den of lions. We know the story. Even though God saved Daniel, Daniel was still willing to die rather than give up his habit of prayer. Spurgeon once said about prayer, he that has no prayer lacks the very breath of the life of God in the soul. That's deep. Daniel prayed. He prayed much. Daniel formed a constant habit of prayer. When he was presented with the decision of death in the lion's den, because he didn't want to pray to any other God except his God. And they reported to the king, he, he prays to his God, he doesn't want to pray to, to our God. He says, you're heathen. I'm not going to pray to that God. 
He did not seek a way out when he knew that he was going to be thrown in the lion's den. He did not back out of the difficulty. It's difficult. It's a difficult life. No. He trusted God. So often, we seek a way out from our dilemma. And so many times, what do we do? We, we, what do we do? We pick up the phone. We call a friend. We call someone. Can you interpret this for me? Do you see it the way I see it? Don't we do that sometimes? Don't we seek a compromise? May God help us not to do that. Not this man. He knew what kind, what kind of king Darius was. And he knew what the edict meant to him. He did not try to interpret it differently, nor to seek an audience with the king to change the edict. He was a very friendly, he had access to the king. He did not say, well, I, I better go see the king and say what he did. Maybe I can tell him that I can go pray somewhere in the woods where no one sees me. I will change the, my way of prayers. No, not at all. You know what he did? He marched directly to his room, which was on top of the palace. He opened his windows toward Jerusalem and prayed. To whom did he pray? And prayed. To whom did he pray? This is what I want to draw your attention. All of us here, to whom did he pray? To God, right? But the Bible says to his God. Daniel had an affinity with God. He had a God that he can go to any time he wanted to go to. His God. He had a personal relationship with God. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? This is what I'm asking today. Do you have that personal relationship? Or when you are in trouble, it says, let's, let's pray. Or when you have a difficulty... You pray. When you know you're going to lose your job, you say, you pray. You come to church. The very first thing when people have a catastrophe, the churches get full. Period. I'm telling you, church get full. We have an earthquake somewhere down, down in the other town. About The church tonight will be full. And people are afraid. Daniel did not go to God. Because he knew he was going to be thrown into the, the lion's den. No. Daniel went to God as usual. He used to pray three times a day. He heard of the edict. He walked. He said he was a tall man. He walked through the palace, not saying anything, walked to his room, knelt, opened the windows, let them see me. He wasn't ashamed of his God. He was not ashamed. They said, him, he's praying. Go kill him. Throw him. Do your thing with him, king. He did not do that. He was proud of his God. Are you proud of your Jesus? Are you proud that you are a Christian or you are a closet Christian today? Are you proud that you have Jesus as Savior? Says, I have accepted Jesus on such and such day and I am his child and he is my Savior. He prayed to his God as if he owned God. I like that. I like to have that personal relationship with my Savior. And I hope each and every one of us has a personal relationship with him. He's not only a God when you are in trouble. 
is not a God you can call when there's a situation in your family. He's not a God that when death strikes, that let's go to church. He should be a God for you any time in your life. He should be the God of your life. He should be your life. Men, we're called to be men of prayer. We're called to own God as our personal Savior. Is God is your personal Savior today? Don't try to look here and there and look in the wind up there and to, to forget what I'm saying. Is Jesus Christ your Savior today? Can you answer yes? If you can answer yes, I tell you one thing. You are a man after God's own heart. And you will live your life, a life free from fear and seeking always to please the God who saved you. Today we are invited to pray. And God promised to hear. Did he hear Daniel when he prayed? You know the story. All you children, you bet. Great things happen because of prayer. Did great things happen in our church because of prayer? Amen. And thank God, Kathy Tashko is still with us. And God is able to freeze that, that disease and give her a life to see her children and her husband enjoy him and enjoy coming to church and praising God who saved her and changed her life. God is able. He likes us. He says, pray always, and we love to obey his commandment, don't you? He says, always. So let us come boldly, the Bible says, and to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. This man whose life is before us today, by his consistent communion with God and reliance on prayer, became a legend, an example we're talking about today. How did he resolve the problems he faced in that palace? How did he overcome all the difficulties? I can tell you one thing. On his knees. On his knees. He did not have anywhere to go. He went to that room three times a day. Regardless whether he was happy, he was sad. He knew he, knew he was going to die. I've seen what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went into the fiery furnace, and they, the, the fire did not even touch. You couldn't smell the fire on them. I know what happened there. What happened in the fire will happen to the lions. What a faith. What a courage. What a man of prayer. And I ask you today, do not pray for easy lives. I don't think Daniel prayed to make it easy on him. Pray to be stronger men and women. When the difficulty comes, say, Lord, give me strength so I can go through it and I come through it and I be victorious through you. This is exactly what you should pray. Someone said, do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your task. Then the doing of your work shall be a miracle. More than that, you shall be a walking miracle amongst your friends and your family. Your family, your friends, your foes 
will see and glorify God when they see God is doing miracles through you. And the Bible says easily, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Stand with God. And how to stand? Stand firm in your prayer life. Your children are looking at you. Does my dad pray? When I used to come home sometime when I was living at home, and I used to see my mom and dad kneeling in our two-bedroom house, poor house, and kneeling in front of their bed and praying, and I used to hear them praying for me. Lord, save our son, Adolf. I had prayer, praying parents, and guess what? God answered their prayers. And I got saved 50 years ago. And I tell you one thing, and I tell you, tell you now, I never looked back to this world that is an enemy, world filled with enemy. You know who's your greatest enemy in this world? Is the world outside. Careful about that. Every day, people will wonder, and you will wonder, how am I making it? I tell you one thing, the power of prayer is the greatest power that you can have in your life with your family and personal life. So how's your prayer life? This man we need to emulate. Is the family altar erect? Or is it broken? If it is down, time to rebuild. And let's rebuild the altar. And rebuild the ancient ruins. And start praying again. Because God is able, young man, God is able to restore the years that the locust has eaten. Time to come back to prayers. The last word, Daniel honored God. This is, I cannot pass this by. You know what I say all the time, God will honor those who honor him. That's the Bible. His attitude and dedication to his God left all his foes in disarray. In fact, they died. Out of jealousy, they decided to hurt him. They couldn't find anything against him. You know what? Except that he prays to his God. I wish they would find this about us today. That so-and-so, he has one he prays to his God. I wish people know us as people praying to our God. I had a manager who is a diehard Catholic, and he knew me, and he knew that I serve God, and he knew, he knew that I was a pastor. And whenever you know that uh, we had a big operation, 100 people, and he knew we were sometimes in trouble, all of us, with his managers. And he used to call me the office. He says, you know the man upstairs? You have a connection. Why don't you pray for a solution for us? Because, etc. you know. I used to go to my room, uh, to my office, and say, thank you, Lord. He knows I have a connection with you. Are you known to have a connection with God? Are you known to be that man? Good men 
we heard God is looking for men of God. And he's looking for you today. And every father, I ask, before you leave these doors there, that you say, Lord, I want to be your man. And then being his man will be the man of the family. And your wife and kids will enjoy it. What was Daniel's secret support? He had no one except his three younger gentlemen with him. Though he was the ruler of the whole province of Babylon. He was the chief governor. Do you know that? He was the chief governor. God elevated him. But he said to the king, I will not bow down to any other God than my God. This is final king. And come what may, I am willing to endure. Is this our stand today? The king gave orders. Throw him because he signed the edict. And he couldn't retract. The king loved him very much. And he heard from him all the time and respected Daniel. But because the edict says that he should be thrown in the lion's den. And this was the law of the Medes and Persian. And you couldn't change it. He was cast down in the lion's den. In the lion's den. But here's what happens. I want to go a little bit with you on that. Here's what happens. In chapter 6, verse 16, if you have your Bible. You tell me what happens. After he was thrown into the den, the king came to the den. And the king used words that Daniel used. He told him, Oh, Daniel, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. He wasn't mocking. He had his heart. He says that he was comforting Daniel. What are you trying to do, king? He said, because I heard my heart goes after him. And guess what? He, the king, did not sleep a wink that night. He couldn't do anything that night, if you read all, all. And then next day early in the morning, this is, I show you, when you honor God, what happens. Next day early in the morning, he went to the lion's den. And guess what? He started, Daniel, 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 servant of the living God. What? Servant of what? The living God. Has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lion's? The Lord, the world is looking at you. The king even. And then Daniel answered from there. He says, oh, king, oh, king, my God sent his angels and shut the mouth of lions. You know what it says? And they have not harmed me inasmuch because I was found innocent. And also toward you, O oh, king, I have committed no crime. God honored him. In the hours of difficulty, what happened? He said, God told Daniel, Daniel, I will not forget those times when you stood there and you said, I will not bow. I will not forget when you went into the room and, and knelt there and prayed to me and challenged me and asked my help. You know one thing, God is so faithful, he will never let you down. 
God will never leave you. Not God will never forsake you if you give him your life, if you trust him, if you surrender to him everything and go everywhere you go. God is faithful. He will not let you down. God is determined, young man and young woman. God is determined to safeguard you until he comes. He did not save you. I'm talking to the saved people. He did not save you to throw you into the lion's den. He did not save you to throw you into the world. As long as you honor him, he said, I am challenged. I will honor you. What happened to those who went and told about him and said, you know, king, he did not, he did not pray to you nor to, to your God. What happened? The king, verse 23, he was very pleased that Daniel, he was pleased that Daniel, his buddy, he gave orders for Daniel to be taken up of the den. Daniel was taken up of the den and no injury, whatever was found in him because he had what? Trusted in his God. Oh, may God give us a personal relationship with him. What happened to his enemies? What happens to the enemy of Christ? What happens to your enemies? Verse 24, gave or, the king gave orders. And they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel. They cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. And guess what? And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. What's going to happen to your enemies? Do not be afraid. Your enemies are just paper lions. They can bark and bark, but they are chains with the chains of the blood, and they cannot touch you nor come close to you. Stand for God. Be courageous. Be a man of power. Honor God in your life, and nothing will harm you because God is standing for you. God needs men and women who are willing to take a stand for him. To honor him and to go forward without fear or compromise. Can we say with Joshua today, you nation do whatever you want to do. You know the right thing and you don't know the wrong thing. But as for me and my wife and my kids, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Can we say that? Can we stand? Can we take a stand like this? We're challenged. This is Father's Day. Let's stand as good fathers, honoring God. We might not get the applause as we heard. We might not get all the compliments that others get here. But one thing, when we enter the portals of heaven, we shall hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for those men and women that we have in our Bible that are good examples to us. We thank you. May we emulate their lives. May we live a life worthy of our calling. Help us not to defile ourselves, be men of prayer, and to honor you for the rest of our lives.
Speak to our hearts. Help us not to forget how to live in honor and sincerity toward you and toward our fellow men and women and to please you in everything we do. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a happy Father's Day. May God bless you all.